Hey y'all, what's good? Welcome back to the Healing and Hope podcast series with your girl Nay. I just said, I just been talking for like almost a minute and realized my AirPods was connected and that's not a pretty, that's not a pretty look. It's not a pretty look because it sounds horrible in the, with the headphones. But anyways, um, we are back with What Trauma Part 2. Okay, What Trauma. And... I just wanted to come up here and just tell y'all um, that this will be, of course, a part two, a continuation of our episode from Sunday with um, Phoenix, um, who I'm who I'm going to add in a few seconds. Um, yeah, so we, <clears throat> I got a couple of other things that I got to get done, so we are going to just hop right into it. I just want to just come up here and say hey to y'all first and get y'all ready and prepare for tonight's episode. I don't think it's going to be that long, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm not for sure. Um, cause I got to go to my mom's before, um, before she go to sleep. But, um, yeah, I just want to come up here and just let you guys know that this is a continuation. This is a part two. We're going to finish answering our questions from the other night, from Sunday night, from our first, from my first part one. Um, and I'm excited. I'm really excited to really get into it because Sunday's episode, what trauma part one was really, I would say that's my top episode right now. Outside of, um, pain into purpose. That's, that's my favorite, the one that I did, but this one is like my top two. It's like, I always, like I tell y'all, like I told Chen one time. Like, I do my episodes and I move on. Like, not that I don't care or value value my episodes and what I talk about. It's just that that's just the life I live. Like, I do what I, I do. what I do, And then, you know, I go and I do other stuff. Like, I got a real, like, crazy, busy life. So, it's like, I don't really dwell too much. You know, I just put my messages out there and then I just continue to live my life, Um, you know, doing other things because, you know, that's just what it is. That's just what it's all like. That's just what it's always been. It's been one of those things where I was called to really put out messages, and then like I moved forward. Oh my god, it's always something, and it always something. It's all if it ain't one thing, it's another. But um, yes, y'all. Um, that is kind of that. That kind of um. Okay, that was kind of like OMG. But, um, yes, so, like I was saying, it's, like, my top two. It's my top two, because, like, I don't really dwell on my messages, because, like, it's a, they are, like, when I speak my messages, they they're, they are healing for me, um, and they, they are for who, like, whoever, like, tunes in and listen, and so, like, I genuinely just drop them, and I do my healing through what I drop. And then, like, I just allow people to experience that and take what they need to take, leave whatever, you know, doesn't apply. And, you know, just, we just keep, because it's every day. So, it's like, I can't really dwell on the episode or I can't really say, like, I love all my episodes. Like, I was telling Chun, like, I don't have a, I, and it's funny, like, I don't, I really never had a favorite, but that episode was really, it really hit different. And I loved, I loved it. You know, I really, really loved it. Um, It kind of did remind me of my purpose in the pain. Purpose in the pain um episode so yes i really really enjoyed it um but yeah we're gonna hop into these questions we're going straight into the questions um once again we speaking on trauma you know like 
also like PTSD, um, you know, just the things, the pain, you know, things that we've seen, things that we've been through, things that we experienced that really like, you know, scarred us or really, you know, took a toll on us or really something that we've been carrying all our lives. And, you know, one of the main messages is that it's really time to release that. And kind of like I was talking about in the last episode, like don't let nobody make you feel bad for wanting to release your trauma that you've been carrying for years. Like that trauma really manifests into other things, physical things that that, like it manifests into your physical life. The stuff that you carry in your spirit, from things that you've been through, it manifests into your physical life in different ways. In relationships, in financial, in your physical body, like your health, like it manifests. And we don't, we didn't, we, that was not something that we, we knew. Like that was not something that we correlated with one another. Like we, a lot of people didn't know that trauma manifests into our physical life. Like the things that we see, like we were not aware of that. So now that we're aware, like, yeah, don't let nobody make you feel bad because that trauma that you carry and holding on, it's hindering you for real, to be honest. And it makes you toxic. Like that's what people don't understand. Like that's why it's such a big thing because you think like, oh, like this made me who I am or this did, this did, did, nothing's wrong with me. No, actually you're very, very toxic because of the things that you've seen. Like, yes, some of the things that we see, they, they, they build strength. They build resilience, resilience. Some things are able to build character, respect, et cetera. But also there's a lot of negative traits that we carry as well. So it's like a, it's like a 50, 50 thing. It's that dark side that we have that we're too afraid to look at or don't want to look at because we're in our ego. Get out your ego and do the work, acknowledge it, be aware and start apologizing to the people that you've hurt because you've been operating out of your dark side, operating out of your trauma, period. Older generation, like, swear nothing is wrong with them. Everything is, no, like, you're toxic, okay? And that's just that. Anyways, I'm not going to get into that. All right. Let me um add Phoenix and we're going to get started. I love y'all. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? That's good. I'm good, girl. Um, I'm not feeling too well, but I'm pushing through. I don't know what's going on, girl, but um, I'm pushing through. I think that's that, that's all we can do, you know. Yeah, I hope you feel better. Thank you. I'm excited to um. What took me so long, as I said, I was sending it is I ended up like doing like a six minute introduction, um, just reminding everybody that we were doing a part two tonight, um, but oh. yeah, um. If you guys have not heard Sunday's episode, what trauma, um. If you're just listening to this first, I mean, the second, the second part, part two, make sure y'all go listen to Sunday's episode, What Trauma Part One, um, with my guest, my wonderful guest, Phoenix. Um, and we're going to hop right in. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, let's get it. So, um, based on what we ended it with Sunday, um, we talked about you know, what clicked in you, and um, I think we did that. I asked you what clicked that you decided to no longer, you know, allow trauma to be, yeah, we did answer that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, what clicked inside of you that made you say, like, okay, um, you know, this is it, and I believe you said 
something very wonderful was just like um it was actually the quote I used and you were just like you just knew that there was something more I believe was that what you said yeah I just didn't believe that things had to remain the way that they were. Right. There we go. The exact words from, you know, the author herself. But, um, yeah, and I, I, I just wanted to tap into that real quick because that was what I loved it a lot because that was something that resonated with me. And I think um, that's something that resonates with a lot of people um, that really start this journey, that really, you know, go after you know, more, um, and I, I did an episode one time when I had my YouTube about more, um, more doesn't always have to look like something, you know, extravagant, you know, something beautiful, something big, you know, what I resonated with the most when you said that was again, my own journey when I had to change my perspective on my life, like how I was viewing my life. And, you know, that's, that's something that I say, um, all the time as I tell my stories that, you know, I just knew there was something else, that there was more to life than, you know, the constant cycles that I found myself in. I was just like, you know what? Like, I can't keep going through this. Like, I can't keep ending up right here at square one. I can't keep starting over. I can't keep being in these holes. Like, I can't keep, you know, just going through this craziness of life. Like, this can't be life. This can't be what it is. And I think that that's what really for me to say okay I'm finally going to take this series and I'm finally going to try to heal and you know it was so funny you were saying um one thing you said was that um they should never told you that you could have like a, abundance and etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah I, sure. I think that a lot I think that you know that shift in the world how long have you been on social media mm a while right? since like 2009 <laughs> yeah right so same here and I, I know I'm not the only one I spoke on this before and I was like there was a huge there's been a huge shift in social media and for the ones who've been on there in a long time I'm sure that we all can tell and so I feel like I came I feel like I was lucky enough to be able to be aware of that change and see like okay the change that I'm seeing is like a good thing like about right. spirituality, about, you know, healing, about health, because at that moment, you know, I needed that. Like, I needed to see things about spirituality. I needed to see things about yeah. healing because I that's where I was at with it. Like, so I feel like, you know, during that time three years ago when I first caught on to it, even though, of course, we know it's something that's been around for years. Our ancestors have, you know, done a lot of things. Um we were like here in America, we were lost to it. Like we're African Americans, you know. So, um, just having that huge shift and being able to see like spirituality and what that looks like for different people and healing and the talks about therapy and the talks about, you know, like anxiety and depression. I feel like all those came at the right time because I was in a space where I was like, Man, something gotta give. So I yeah. started to move into a place where I'm like, Okay, well, who am I? You know, who am I and what do I need to do? to be able to, you know, get, have better in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just, I just don't see, I just don't see me, you know, really, because I feel like I woke up from a space of like, where did my dreams go? Like, where did, where did, you know, where did everything that little me, you know, set out into the world to discover and achieve, where did she go? You know, cause I had been, in a space for so long, you know, after my first semester of college, um, 
I had been in that space for so long where all I saw, all I was doing was smoking, partying, you know what I'm saying? So if, yeah. I feel like I got spending money recklessly. So I feel like I got lost in that cycle for years before I woke up and I was like, okay, where, where did my dreams go? Like where, where, you know, like I, there's more to life. I wanted more. So what am I doing with my life right now? Like yeah. what's going on? So I, I just wanted to speak on that a little bit because I definitely resonated with you when you said, you know, like it just had to be something else, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what clicks for people. Um, like waking up and saying like, you know what, this is not it. Like definitely. Um, so our next question to kick tonight's conversation off. Um, what are some of your current motivators that keep you pressing forward? Um, definitely the kids for sure, but also just the uh I don't know. I I I know it's gonna sound crazy, but I think the divorce actually motivated me because like if I had still been with him, I would have still been con- trying to convince myself that I was okay with where I was. But like the divorce kind of like forced me to be on my own and try to get back to that person that I was like the individual who is still when she's not a mom like I used to find myself in a space where when the kids weren't here I didn't know what to do with myself because like I couldn't remember what do I actually like to do that doesn't involve a child that doesn't involve a man like I was stuck and so um like just getting back to not like getting back to who I used to be but like relearning myself and the things that I do enjoy and also you know balancing that with unlearning the things that I was told that I had to you know settle for the things that I had to be okay with like oh because you're a mom now you can't do xyz but I choose to look at it as like I'm a mom now and I got three people looking at me as their like role model of what it looks like to be an adult right so like I can show them what it looks like to be miserable and to just get by or I can show them what it looks like to chase your dreams in spite of what other people would consider setbacks what other people would consider you know too much like a challenge like you you don't have to have three kids under the age of three I'm not saying to do that but because like when you bring people when you bring life into this world you have a responsibility to like nurture that and to to guide them and if you don't do that then you straight up telling God like I don't appreciate what you gave me so um just honoring the gifts that I was given the blessings that I was given learning the difference between a gift and a blessing and um just learning the maintenance between the two okay I love that I'm sorry if y'all hear me clicking and clacking I'm actually I'm I got my I feel real professional now I got my own (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I got my um, laptop out tonight, taking some notes. Um, so you know I can get some feedback because um, so I can give some feedback. So um, one, I honestly I love what you said that that was so powerful, and I feel like a lot of people need to hear that because I feel like a lot of people really kind of give up on life when they and they go into this this depressive state when they feel like okay, oh man, like you know, it was just me. And now it's the kids, you know, and it's like, okay, what do I do? Like, I feel like we panicked. Um, I wouldn't say we don't have no kids. But even when I think about it now, like, I, my mindset of surrounding kids used to be like, oh, I can't bring a kid into this world right now. Like, blah, blah, blah. like 
But my, I feel like my mindset has really, really changed because it's like, okay, if I do slip up and do that, I don't have a choice but to, to you know, acknowledge that. But also, you know, like you said, handle that responsibility with, you know, with love and grace because that's all I can do. And you just never know. Like if I, if I, like you said, if I am somebody that's saying, okay, well, now it goes back to that choice. I have a choice to, you know, be miserable and show them that, or I have a choice to continue to chase my my dreams. It's right. like, you know, this our circumstances. You know, I feel like it's back to again that intentionality that we spoke on too, just about what are your, you know, like what are your intentions, and if your intentions are to, you know, continue to set that good example and to you know, fight through it, you know, walk through it, run through it, then it doesn't have to be a setback. It doesn't have to be so bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so that definitely goes back to those choices. Um, what are some things that you, you know, started to do when you recognize like, okay, who am I outside of, you know, girlfriend or wife or, you know, mommy? Like what are some things that you started to do? Um, honestly I went back to like the things that I wanted to do when I was a child. Like I remember when um <laughs> when my mom was still alive and I would get, you know, upset about certain things whenever I was in middle school or high school, she'd be like, just go put on your music and dance like you always do. Because I had this mirror on the back of my door in my room and like <laughs> she would be calling me and I wouldn't hear her because I would have my headphones on and just be dancing in the mirror. And so um even though I didn't know at the time that I was transmuting energy, like, whenever I would get, you know, into, like, those blockages or feel like I didn't know what to do next, I would just dance. And so, like, literally one day I just turned on my Snapchat camera and turned on some music and I just started dancing. And it took me back to that time where I felt, you know, like a little girl again, back to that time where I wanted to be a choreographer when I first saw Honey and I thought she was okay. doing anything. <laughs> But, um, yeah, just doing that, I mean, like, I started looking into dance classes. Like, they have adult clogging classes and ballet and stuff like that. Started researching pole dancing. Like, literally everything that I wanted to do as a child but couldn't because my mom couldn't afford to or wasn't able to. Like, I just started doing those things. And, like, through that, I mean, you learn what you don't like anymore, of course, but the things that you do, you're like, okay, like, this is something that I can do, and I don't have to worry about, like, getting paid for it. Like, I could do this every day and not get paid for it. I could dance all day, every day. I dance with my kids. I dance in church. <laughs> like, you will not see me not dancing. I got caught dancing in the, the Walmart the other night. <laughs> like, get a girl, because, like, I mean, why not, you know? So um, it, it helps me think more clearly. And then I started, you know, just looking at myself in the mirror, like really looking at myself, like, do you like what you see? And if you don't, then why? And like, if it's something that you can change, like, why aren't you doing that? Because a lot of the stuff that I didn't like, it wasn't physical. Like I would look myself in the eyes in the mirror and be like, damn, still, like what happened? And so um, just working on that inner stuff while working, you know, on moving my body in the physical, like, just aligning those two things. Um, I'm not quite there yet, but they're helping me to, to learn what I like and what I don't. I, girl, I'm telling you, 
I just I just can't help but say it, but I always have to be like me. I have to be honest. I'm loving this conversation. Um because that was one of the things that I too learned. Like that's one of the things that I, I too had to do. Like go back to that childhood. Like what did you like to do? You know, and that's one of the major things that I like put out there. That's one of the messages that I put out there. That's one of the things I just told my mom earlier. Like do things that you used to do as a child because you know, just listening to you talk about dancing, you know, putting on the music. Um, I'm over here smiling because like it's that freedom that we had. It's that when we had no care in the world and we were able to just be us and just be free. You know, that's how I feel about, you know, writing and reading. Like I just feel like I'm just that comfortable, carefree girl again when I'm just doing nothing, when I'm reading, when I'm writing. Um, and for me, I loved music growing up. That's one of the things that I love. I really wasn't a dancer, but I did love to dance too. Um, and I was so weak when you said something about honey. Let me tell you, I love somebody that can, you know, <laughs> I love somebody that can dance. Like, I mean, like, wow. Like, I love just everything about dancing. I want to take some dancing classes. Like, I really want to learn. You know, I feel like you can learn if you don't really know how to do it. You can learn. I got a little bit of rhythm. <laughs> but, um, I, I do agree. Like, definitely, um, the message there, y'all, is to go back to what you used to love to do when you're trying to figure out who am I, you know, outside of all of my titles? Like, sometimes we got to take those titles down, you know? And um, Phoenix was just talking about this in the first episode. Like, you really have to, especially mothers, you know, you really got to put those titles down, that mom title, that wife title, that girlfriend title. You have to put that friend title. You have to put those titles down and put you first. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or you're going to drown in everybody else, and you're going to drown in those titles that you have. You know, we're not super beings. We're just beings. <laughs> Sometimes we just need to be, you know, so learn to put those titles down and find you some titles that's just for you. Like, Phoenix the dancer, Phoenix the writer, you know, Nay the writer, you know, you have to, you have to do that because you're going to get lost in everybody else's, you know, chaos and mess. You know, of course we want to, we have to do what we have to do, but find time to really put those titles down. Um, And I wanted to lastly speak on when you talked about looking, when you looked in the mirror, looking in the mirror is so humbling because like you said, most people think, when you're looking in the mirror, especially on your journey, that you're looking at what you don't like physically. But if you really, really look in the mirror, you really see what you actually don't like spiritually. Right. Um, one of the things that I couldn't even do, like I would look in my eyes and I wouldn't even know who who I was. And it, it would make me turn away so quick because I'm like, you could you could I could look in my eyes and I could see I could see the darkness like I could see the lostness in my eyes and I'm like yeah. I don't want to see that like I she like this person doesn't look happy at all or fulfilled like nothing about my eyes look bright or anything you know the eyes are the window to your soul so it's like I a lot of times it's like who is this person so um of course when you look in the mirror you want to be able to love yourself physically as well but make sure you're really taking a deep dive like looking into your eyes and really if you if you can't really look in your eyes, if you turn away, you got some work to do. You know, if you don't see a spark, if you don't see some brightness there, you got some work to do. And I'm telling you, you can tell. You can feel it. Like, you can feel it. When you look at yourself in the mirror and you're looking dead in your eyes, you can feel that that darkness. You can feel that, that, that sense of lostness, you know, when you're doing that. So that's like a... Um, some homework for you guys it's a very humbling experience but 
it lets you know that you got some work to do. Right. It's going to take some time, but I feel like that's a step, you know, knowing like, okay, I need some work because I can't even look at myself in the mirror, you know, or I don't really like, you know, my spirit, you know, I don't really like who, who this person is, you know? So I love that you said that. Um, honestly, I ain't gonna lie. This episode probably dropped tomorrow. <laughs> uh, it's probably gonna drop tomorrow. Y'all. Um, because I really want to listen to it. I don't want to rush this one at all. I really want to take the time to listen. Um, so our next question. How long have you been writing? And did you always know you were transmuting pain through writing? Um, and tell us about the book you just published as well as your inspiration for this particular piece of work. Oh, man. Um, I've, it's going to sound crazy when I say this, but I've been writing for 20 years. Um, I started writing when I was seven. I wrote my first poem um, as like a class assignment and it got published. And uh, one of the reasons why I sort of knew I had like a <laughs> a talent for it is because I wrote about how to cornrow. And I've never been able to do hair in my life. Like I've tried so hard from like the time I was 14 up until like last year before I just finally accepted that it's not my gift. <laughs> but um, I had to write a poem about how to cornrow, and um, that's the poem that got published. I was selected, like, second place for the young authors in the county. And so, like, ever since then, um, whenever I would feel like, because I never really liked to talk, um, I grew up, you know, being told to shut up a lot. So eventually I just stopped talking. And so there would be times where I wouldn't really know how to say something or express how I was feeling. And so writing was the way that I did that. Like, I, a lot of people will say that I'm good with my words. I feel like I don't speak that well compared to what I'm trying to convey. Like, I feel like I write better than I speak, if that makes sense. Thank you. So, um... Yeah, like, just, I didn't know at the time, of course, that I was transmuting, but um, I do remember when I was in eighth grade, um, I was very close with this family. Um, They had about three or four girls my age, and then there were two younger brothers, and, like, we were just so connected, like, they had moved into the house that we had just moved out of, so, like, whenever I was hanging out with them, it kind of felt like I was back home type thing. And I remember one day, like, I got a call that, um, like, something had happened with one of the brothers. And the youngest brother, his name was Malachi, um, like, he would always see me in the cafeteria, and, like, every day I would give him a hug. Like, he never said anything to me. I never said anything to him. He just knew, like, I was friends with his sisters, and we always hugged each other every day in the cafeteria. So, like, the day I got that phone call, I was actually in choir rehearsal right down the road. And, um, like, my mom, she looked at me when she heard whatever what was said because it's like she knew she had to tell me something. So I'm just sitting there looking like, what? What's up? And she was like, um you know, somebody said one of the little boys got killed. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> she was yeah. like, um, it was, it was the youngest one. It was, it was Malachi. And I'm like, like in my head, like, I'm, cause I'm still young. Like I'm, it's the summer after eighth grade. I'm like, 
I hear what you're saying, but, like, what are you saying? And then I just, like, broke down and, like, I would not speak for weeks. Like, my entire family, even though they knew, like, I was not blood-related to (laughs) this this child, this other family, like, they knew I was grieving. And, like, they kept checking on me and stuff. And I just, I couldn't express in that moment how I felt. And so I started writing. And that's when I first, like, felt like I was releasing through my writing. Um, Because, like, I didn't, I didn't want to live. I'm like, God, like, you know, because in eighth grade, we think we know everything. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm like, God, it's all these people out here in this world, like all these horrible, horrible people. And like, you, you gonna take my boy, like, you gonna take my little bro, like he ain't did nothing to nobody, you know what I'm saying? And like, I was angry. That was like my first real experience with anger, like with, with the supernatural, because like, it didn't make sense to me. And so um, that kind of sparked my my journey of transmuting through writing whenever I would go through these life transitions, even though I didn't know at the time that I was transmuting, um, I would just sort of document like what I was feeling during that time. And that's honestly like where the book came from, like this most recent um, experience, excuse me, um, it was, it was. Like, talking about it now, I can laugh about it, but at the time, it was devastating. Like, we hadn't even been married, like, a whole year before, like, things went crashing down. The twins weren't even six months. Like, he ghosted me and his kids. Like, I ain't have a problem with him ghosting me, but, like, not seeing or speaking to your kids for an entire three months, like, that's a whole quarter, like, what yeah. do you mean? Like, that did not make sense to me. Like, how can somebody go from, you know, being a, such a good father, you know, appearing to be such a good father, like, him and my daughter, my oldest daughter, they had such a tight bond, like, and it just didn't make sense to me. Like, how can you go that long without talking to Boogie? Like, <laughs> like that in my mind as a because I care so much about my children and I will do anything to show them that like I could not wrap my head around the fact how somebody could go that long without speaking to their child and like it it broke me down not necessarily because it happened but it was more so like when it happened like when he left I did not have a working phone um, my phone had stopped working. I was, you know, a couple of days out from my phone, my new phone being shipped. So like literally did not have a working phone. My phone wouldn't turn back on at all. So like the daycare had tried calling me one day cause my, um, my son had got sick and they needed me to come pick him up. But you know, I didn't have a working phone. So yeah. they kind of had to call around the family until somebody called my job and was like, yeah, yo, they need you to come pick him up. And, like, little stuff like that would get to me because it's like, bro, like, you don't care about your child's health. Like, <laughs> then the week after he left, 
I got double teamed by COVID and strep, and I tried to, like, message him on Facebook to see if he could come sit with the kids so I can go get, like, some masks and shit so they wouldn't get sick. He never responded. You know, Facebook will tell you when people porch light on. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, So then the baby girl ended up getting strep throat. I think she was, like, they were just turning six months for real. She got strep throat, and after she got better, the oldest girl got COVID. And then after she got better, the baby girl got bronchitis. And then after she got over that, both of the twins had RSV, which is very, like, serious for children under the age of one. Like, it could cause, like, respiratory problems. And, like, a lot of people that I know whose children had RSV ended up on, like, ventilators and stuff. Like, yeah. get real bad. And so, like, this whole time, like, in my head, I'm just like, bruh, like, I don't, I do not understand how anybody with a heart, like, not even a parent, like, any decent human being with a heart could know or not even know that their child is going through that, but to know that they have a seed existing on this earth and, like, don't even care, like... And and then what made it so bad was whenever he did come back, um, of course, like, he was talking about how he tried to kill himself and he realized, you know, we're on borrowed time. And I was like, that's crazy because, like, before he left, my cousin buried her two-year-old. And you think borrowed time only applies to you when you finally realize that you ain't shit, like... <laughs> like yeah. anything could have happened to those kids while you were gone and you just out here living your life like you ain't got no kids and then he made a comment about like um like whoever he was talking to the girl's mom was like um it's been this long and you ain't met his kids yet and I was like that's crazy because as a mother like if my son had children and he was talking to somebody I you know like if my daughter was talking to somebody that had children I'd be like, dang, it's been this long and he ain't seen his kids yet. Like, you don't need to be with him. <laughs> if he not taking right. care of his kids, how he going to take care of you? And the the wildest part about it all is that I empathized with him when we met because of the relationship that he described with his father and yeah. being abandoned when his father left him to, you know, go make another family like him and his siblings didn't exist. And it's like, damn. <laughs> Like the apple's still on the tree. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So like, um, I just like made up in my mind, like, even though I can't teach my son how to be a man, I can teach him how to be a decent human. I can yeah. teach him how to treat people. I can teach him how to respect others. You know what I'm saying? I could teach him how to clean up behind himself, how to wash dishes, how to you know what I'm saying? And and I can teach my, my girls the same thing. Like, no, I can't teach them how to be a man any more than I can teach my daughters how to be a woman because I can teach them how to be me, but they're not meant to be me. Like, there's yeah. no particular thing that makes anybody male or female other than, like, who they are. Like, gender doesn't matter when it comes down to the spirit. Like, yeah, right. I can't teach you how to be yourself, but I can show you like how I learned to be myself and I can guide you on that journey of finding, like figuring out who you are. And I just, I just remember like 
when child support came into the conversation, um, he mentioned like um, one of his family members offered to help him pay for child support. And I'm like, that's crazy. Like, you working full-time. You don't have no bills other than a cell phone bill. And they're helping you pay child support for what? Try to give me to, like, lower the amount, which I didn't think was enough for three children. But, like, it was just, he was like, dang, that's a lot of money. That's going to be most of my, I was like, dang, that's a third of what I paid monthly to support the kids. But, like, you don't hear me complaining about it. Yeah. <laughs> those are my kids. Like, I'm going to do what I need to do. I remember one time I was doing, like, seven different jobs outside of work just to sustain life. Like, I was doing resumes, cover letters, virtual yeah. Like, I was selling Mary Kay. I was selling Scentsy. Like, anything that I could do to get some extra money. Yeah. And, like... He just acted like it was, you know, such a hassle for him. So I just thought, like, I had to verbally tell myself out loud, like, you cannot depend on him. Like, even though you want to, even yeah. though logically it makes sense, you can't depend on him. And so that's when I had made that um that snap story that one day, like, what do you do when you realize nobody's coming to save you? Like, because once you realize they're not coming back, it's not on them anymore. Like, I can sit here for a year and be like, well, your dad left me a year ago, and that's why I can't be present for you. Like, that was a year ago, sis. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, he gone. What now? Now that he's in, I just literally, like, I got my notebook, and I wrote stuff down. Like, what type of schedule do I need to, to get them out of the house on time, to get to work on time? Like, it was hard, but, I mean... I don't need it to be easy. I just need it to be possible. Yeah. Realizing that it was possible, like writing through all of that is how I literally found balance. Like in those moments where I wanted to end it all, where I wanted to throw in the towel, where I wanted to take yeah. people up on their offer to, to take care of my kids and take them off my hands. And like something in me, like couldn't, like, even though it was hard, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life, like, I couldn't give my kids up. Like, I would have gave my house up before I gave my kids up. Because I brought them into this world, and I have a duty to them, like, to be who I was created to be for them. And I cannot look them in the eyes or close mine for eternity without knowing that I didn't give it everything that I had. Oh, wow. I done took so many notes. <laughs> wow. Like, I'm just like, wow. Um, first, my first comment that I wanted to make on, you know, the things that you said was that, you know, I was the same way. I didn't really recognize it at first, but I really fell in love with writing as a kid as well. Like, you know, like my, like when, even when I was like getting older and we would have to do that introduction thing. Um, what do you like to do? What's your favorite thing to do? What's your favorite subject? I was always write and read. English English class, (laughs) you know, like that. Those are my favorite, and I could just you made me really think about think back to the times where I would just like effortlessly effortlessly read a book and you know be able to just write a um write an English paper. Um, another thing that I wanted to comment on was I never really liked to talk either. Like I was very quiet, and I I think that's a I think that's something that people are like when they see me now. My sister, they um. 
Okay. <laughs> she not she gonna blow me up until I answer. Like if I hit the X button, she she gonna call again. Like if I didn't answer, why you gonna call another six times? Make that make sense. I'm where, <laughs> where um they crazy. But I know a lot of people probably look at me now and they're like, Who is this person? Because she barely even talks. Like I know a lot of people may feel like it's like a like a facade thing, like because like when I'm around certain people, I don't really talk. But like growing up, I didn't really have a voice and I and I speak on it. Like I didn't have a voice. And one of the things on my healing journey was finding my voice again because we all have a voice, but it's up to you to really like, you know, heal and find it and really use it. And I decided when I found mine that I was gonna use it. You know, and so I'm a, a very a very better like bold speaker now and a lot of times I still don't say anything because a lot of times it ain't no need to really talk too much around certain people. Like if I don't resonate, if we don't relate or connect, I'm not gonna say nothing. Like, you know, most of the time, like my healing has brought me to a place where I don't even like to talk about nonsense. But right. um have you ever watched any if you haven't, if you have the time, you know, I watched a couple of Maya Angelo um interviews on YouTube and she talked right. about not being a speaker. Um, her interviews were very inspiring. So, um, that was just something that, you know, if you want to go look at, um, cause she's a, you know, she's a famous, very famous poet and writer. Yeah. Um, and hearing her story was very inspiring to me. Um, but that came to mind when you said that. Um, but as far as like speaking, it does, when you're not used to speaking, it really does take practice. So one of the things that I'll ask you in a second, um, I'll ask you that in a second. Um, but when you start to talk about, you know, um, you know, that was the person you divorced, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like even I haven't been married, but even dealing with people for a long period, people have those masks. People wear those masks. And, you know, one of the things that I really wanted to say was that, you know, like people are really pretenders. Like, and it's so ridiculous. Like, it's like come as you are. Like, like God say, come as you are, please. Huh? Like, don't trick me. Like, please don't do that because it's it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of wasted, valuable time when I would have accepted you as you are. You know what I'm saying? Come as you exactly. are. But um, I really commend your strength, honestly. That's one of the things that I wanted to say. Um, And just to hear him really, because the, the story you gave about you empathizing with him and, you know, his own trauma. That was a perfect, perfect example to speak about generational curses because, you know, if you don't do the healing, the curse is going to carry on. And it's really funny that he spoke about his trauma to you and turned around and did the exact thing to you. And I found I found that really like a wild moment because it's like what I was just talking about in my episode on um Tuesday. It's like it trickles down like little do you know like it trickles down to the kids you know it 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 happens like what his father did to him trickled down to him and ultimately it his ways trickled he has his father's ways and it trickled down to Uh you know you guys's relationship and you know one of the things I stated was just like when I had the conversation with my mom we talked this we had like the same situation where she was telling me how she, you know, used to tell herself that she didn't want to be like her mom. And, you know, like a lot of times she saw her mom and a lot of her. And I and I said and I told her, I was like, Mom, same here. A lot of times, I, uh, like a lot of times, like from teenage years and up, I was like, you know, I don't ever want to be like this woman. And a lot of times I'm sitting there and I'm dealing with a lot of things that I saw her deal with. And it's like I automatically, as May, I chose to say, you know, 
these are generational curses that I want to break personally you know so it just sucks that he wasn't able to see his ways and his patterns and be like you know I want to change this this is not who I want to be to my own kids so I really I'm thankful that you told this because you know um as a mother I love that mothers one thing about a mother is that they're going to hustle because they don't have a choice you know what I'm saying? Um, it, it just sucks that a mom has to be, you know, mom and dad because that's how I grew up too. And I think that's how you kind of grew up too. Like the mom, your mom was like your mom and dad. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but it's like, I love that you're on your journey because you were really able to, not every, not every person is on that journey. So the fact that you were on your journey and that you, you made choices to really not, you know, stay down, you know, lay down in, you know, everything that you were going, going on, that was going on, that just shows the importance of really, like, healing, you know, because it's like you had a choice, but you chose to do, to stand up and, you know, right, find your balance, and, you know, how am I going to do this alone, because nobody's coming to save me, and the fact that you were on your journey, it just, it just says a lot, honestly, because, you know, single mothers need to hear this like it can be hard sometimes but you know once again back to that intentionality like I feel like you woke up and you said you know what I'm gonna figure this out you know we gonna get it we gonna get it right because you know all I see is me you know and even if you don't have a kid sometimes that's what you have that mindset that you have to have like okay I don't know what is going on but all I see is me the only person that's coming to save me is me so I need to find that balance. I need to find that strength. I need to find that, that joy. I need to find me. Like, I need to, you know, I need to figure this out. And that comes with, you know, that aspect of just healing and knowing, like, you know, this is not going to be a rerun. This is not going to be a repeat. So I really, I'm really enjoying this conversation because I feel like it's especially, especially good for single mothers, like, for real. And just putting out that that message of y'all, like, really, as a single mom, I know it's not easy, but if you couple, you know, doing it along with, you know, healing, it's amazing. It's beautiful. And like Phoenix has been, you know, one of her messages has, has really been like, she takes off that title, you know, she takes it off and she really nurtures and take care, take care of herself as well. And she doesn't, you know, allow anything to stop her from, you know, publishing a book or, um, you know, dancing and singing and, you know, really just enjoying that free time and, you know, nurturing yourself. So I think that's amazing, honestly. Um, and the last thing I wanted to ask you, so what what are some some of the things um, that you've done out of your comfort zone to really help you speak more? Ooh, um, honestly, kind of like Nike, like just doing it. Like, yeah. um, I did an open mic. Um, I hadn't did one of those since like my freshman year of college. So uh, that kind of like, got me back out there because honestly like before I met uh, my ex-husband I was I was doing all the things like I was traveling I was singing I was speaking yeah. you know um pretty much like OTW to my dreams halfway there um right before we got married I secured a job you know halfway to six figures trying to get six figures by 30 type thing and like my life was on such a good track um but like some of the the things like he would say it's almost like he felt jealous that 
was, you know, getting the return on my investment um, while he was there, but he felt like, you know, he was working or whatever, and he wasn't really seeing anything. And I'm like, boo, you just got here. Like, the stuff that you seeing right now, like, I've been doing this since I was seven. Yeah. But he decided, like, he don't want to work. And that's that's the thing. Like, I've never had an issue with doing the work. Yeah. Um, so, like, honestly, just just getting out there. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I just submitted a video entry. It's my first video entry for like a poetry um showcase and I was selected as one of the poets so this this ain't like no open mic coming up this like a real thing like they got me in the lineup as a poet so um that's definitely gonna be another one of those things where I'm like getting out of my comfort zone because the the poem that I submitted um it's not in the book I've never posted it anywhere like I I hadn't even written it down like I literally just turned my phone on one day and I just started speaking from my heart so it's kind of like a freestyle um it's called Widow and um it'll be making its debut March 30th at the Aiden Community Center um at the For the Love of Poetry event so um I'm doing another open mic coming up just any opportunity that I get to speak now, like, I'm just saying, yes, like, somebody asked me to come speak at church for a Black history program um, to people who may want to, you know, publish a book. Like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying yes to anything so long as it doesn't harm me or my children <laughs> and um, don't cost too much money. Amen. But, um, yeah, just saying yes to everything that makes me uncomfortable because comfortable gets me nowhere. <laughs> I love it. That that really encourages me. Like I I want to get out. I I don't want to get out and speak. I want to get out and speak, but I want to get more involved in the community. Um, but I think like I'm like with me in the podcast is coming. Um, for me to finally sit down and really just you know do the same thing. Like really just you know tap into things and really just do what you know say yes to things and really start doing what I really want to do. Like outside of you know um, you know what I do on the media. So um. Yeah. I, I love it, you know, because you, you have to, you really have to, like, when you're really, you know, focused, driven, and ambitious, and you're really trying to, you know, really do something, you should just step out and do it. And, girl, send me the information, because, you know, you know I'm close by Aiden, so I would love to come. Absolutely, um, I got you. I got to see that. Um, Yes, I need to do, I need to get up and do one of my poems. I would be so nervous. Oh, there's an open mic coming up too. I'm gonna send you that too. Yes, please. I need to. I need to just do, just do it. Just say yes. But um, I know what you said because a lot of people don't realize. A lot of people are really have a lot of jealous spirits, but they don't understand. Like the work has been, even if you don't see it, a lot of people think they should see it to think that you do the work. Like no, like mm-hmm. even if it's not being seen, the work is. I'm a worker. I'm a hustler. I do this. So it's like, I don't have to speak on it. I don't have to post it. I don't have to do anything because I genuinely have always been putting in the work. You know what I'm saying? Like, the work has always been done. So it's like, people don't understand it. Like, they sometimes they just see the results and they think like, oh, this comes easy. That is easy for... No, like, I've been putting in the work, the prayer, the tears, everything. Like, you, you don't... Y'all don't see that part. Exactly. Like, at all. Like, and if you had to, like, really have, if we were to switch roles and you really would have to, like, take my path, you wouldn't be able to last. So, it's like, there's no need, like, 
Facts. Do the work. <laughs> do the work. Um, that that is required out of you. Um, so how does it feel to be breaking generational curses and choosing to heal self so that your pain doesn't bleed onto your children? I ain't gonna hold you. This shit kind of hurt. <laughs> Like I'm not gonna lie to you, it's it's exhausting, it's tiring, it's back breaking, like metaphorically and physically, but it's so worth it. Like I I've I've gotten to the point where I stopped trying to be like stopped trying to not be like my parents. Yeah, I'm part of both of them. Yeah, so like that's that's a dub anyway, but. (laughs) The harder you try not to be like somebody, the more you end up like them. Yeah. Where your focus goes, your energy flows. So, like, after becoming a mom, I started to empathize with the parts of my mom that I knew she just didn't know. Like, she didn't know. There's so many things that, as a parent, you don't know and you have to learn as you go. Yeah. And, like, even with me, with my first daughter, like, it was easy. When the twins came... It wasn't even that it was two more kids. It was the fact that I didn't feel like I had a connection with them the way that I had one with her because I had Mm -hmm. more time to bond with her. But then when it's three of them, like, I rarely got time with the twins alone. I rarely got time with her alone. And so I'm trying to manage, you know, all of these different relationships at the same time. And, like, it it was a challenge. And so I started to kind of understand like, some of the reasons why my mom was the way she was, and, like, not, you know, negating the stuff that she did that was, you know, that hurt me, but at the same time, like, if I'm able to acknowledge the reason why she did it, then I can prevent myself from doing it and, you know, make the choice to consciously not do that, because, I mean, um, Ooh, I, I I stopped saying that I didn't have a choice as a mom because you do hear that a lot. And I realized that I did have a choice. Like, I could have left the same way that he did. I could have gave my kids up to the foster system and went and started my life somewhere else. I could have left them with my family. Like, I could have, you know, ended things when the, the intrusive thoughts came in. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could have, but I consciously chose to keep living not just for myself, but for my children, because I know for a fact that nobody on this earth is going to take care of them the way that I do. And so, like, that, and the last thing I would say is recognizing that your impact matters more than your intentions do. And I think that's where a lot of the um, friction comes in, especially with adult children and their parents, because the parent thinks that they're doing the right thing because they're intending to do the right thing. And so then when you tell them how it actually made you feel, like they feel some type of way because like, well, I didn't mean to. And it's like, it shouldn't matter if you meant to or not. If I'm telling you that how you did something made me feel, then the only other thing to go from there is to acknowledge that and to change that behavior or to feel some type of way and to keep doing it. And then you put a strain on the relationship. Like, there would be times where I would raise my voice and my daughter, and she would be like, Mommy, don't yell at me. And I'd be like, okay, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. Mommy's frustrated. I need to take a deep breath. And then from that, she learns how to self-regulate when she gets emotional. Yes, she's too. She has tantrums. 
But when she finishes with her tantrums, she says, mommy, I'm sorry. Mommy, I'm sad. Mommy, can I have a hug? And like, we good from there because she knows how to acknowledge her emotions because she's seen me do that. And the thing is, people trying to raise disciplined children, but they're not modeling discipline in their own lives. And then they sit there and talk about how these children ain't doing this and ain't doing that. And it's like, look at the example. Like, everybody on this earth, you ain't got to have kids to know. Kids going to do what they see, not what they told So, and I I, I said it one day, and I be talking to myself anytime I say something. Like, if you constantly have children around you or children connected to you and they're not behaving in a disciplined way, like, it's time to look at the common denominator. Okay. Like, are you practicing discipline? And if you not, then you can't hold your, you can't hold a child that's too accountable for discipline when you, you know, 20-something, 30-something, 60-something, and you're not disciplined. Yeah. Like, be the change you want to see. Okay. Come go on now. Everybody. So, yeah, that's my two cents. Come on now. I love <laughs> it. I love it. Okay. Come on now. I love stepping on some toes sometimes. Okay. <laughs> Man, listen, my toes toe up right now. But I love it. Um, that's like when you, the way you started off, like, okay, like people don't understand that part. Like people don't understand that this work is very exhausting. Like it's like having a job and people, people don't understand. Like when you're choosing to really like do the work of healing and, you know, just trying to do things differently, trying to heal yourself, really just trying to do the work and really put that work in. Like it's so exhausting. It's so tiring. Like it takes a lot of energy. So it's like, I was just telling them like, don't let nobody, don't let allow nobody to make you feel bad for, you know, choosing to break generational curses because it's heavy work. It's heavy, heavy work because you like you like you said in your um in the first part one, like people don't like that. People don't like that you're healing because it's 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 you're going against the norm. And so you're looked at as like what what's she doing? Like, oh she right. here, oh she this like or he like he this, he that but it's like you can't really, you know, like one thing about it it, it is worth it. Like you, you really have to, you know, when you put on that title as as you, I'm healing. You really gotta be ready for that, and you really gotta like one. Th- when I love, and I love that you said that because it was so transparent. Because I always tell them like, I, I I'm that I'm that person gonna tell that's gonna tell you it's not cookies, rainbows, unicorns, ice cream, sprinkles. It's not right. like when you're really doing the work. It's none of that. You know what I'm saying? But it's good to have things to really you know, be able to transmute that energy, whether, you know, like Phoenix has said, like we're both writers, you know, so releasing it through writing, crying, dancing, putting on music and dancing, really getting back to what you used to do because if you're on your healing journey, it could really put you in a dark place if you don't know how to transmute things. It can be a it can be a worthy journey if you're if you can couple it with positive things. Like you have to take everything negative about it and be able to add on positive things or you know, you're not really going, it's not going, it's not going to be really a good, it's not going to be a good thing because if you don't know how to, you know, get up out that bed and start dancing or pick up mm-hmm. that notebook and start writing or go outside and take a walk, it's, it's definitely not going to be easy. You got to know how to feel how you feel, but you got to know how to come up out of it quickly because it can keep you there for a long time. Um, And I know, I love how you said that you, you know, try to say um that you're not like your parents because, you know, it's a part of you. 
And one of the things I wanted to say was like, I definitely agree with that. Um, because if anything, you can just do you could just do better. You know, that's only that's the only thing you can do. It's like, you know, I they are a part of me. I am them, you know, they are me. But one one of the things you can choose to do is definitely do better. Um, it's like you take that you take those parts and you just heal them. Like for example, like, you know, I've seen my mom date a lot of men in her life. And I've seen myself like being a lot of you know, date a lot of men. And it was something about me, it's like I told her, I was like, you know, I don't understand why I just can't, you know, be by myself. It's like, but I can, but it's like, you know, it's like, but it's that companionship. It's like, I always, like, I never really had nobody to talk to. So in my relationship, I will, they will always just be my friends. Like, I could tell them everything and I couldn't tell nobody else. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, when it comes to me, you know, dating or talking, situationship, whatever, it's like, it's just, I'm always looking for that companionship. It's like, I can be alone. Like, I don't have to have anybody here with me, but it's like, I'll choose, you know, to deal with somebody because it's like, you know, I just like that company. I just, like, I just enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? I just like to talk, you know, I just like to really get to know somebody. I just really like to build that type of relationship, those type of bonds. But, you know, God has been calling me not to date, you know, up until, oh, I have a mentor. You know, um, and so like she really like mentors me, um, you know, with my faith. And so, you know, one of the things she just suggested, she was like, you know, Lanasia, just really try not to date for a couple of months, you know. And I'm like, no, and it, it was something that I just didn't know if I could sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like okay. And I didn't listen. I didn't listen. Or whatever. <laughs> So then I ended up telling her some stuff and she was like, you know, you know, it's all right. You know, we all still growing and stuff like that. But, you know, I can, you know, I could be able to see that pattern. But it's like, even though I see that about myself because I've I seen that pattern with my mom, for me, it was like, okay, I can take this trait about myself and I can really genuinely take it and start to heal it. And I think it's like, you know, it's something that's, a, that's, that's just, you know, it's okay. You know, I just like companionship, you know. Like, one of the things, one thing about me, I get in a relationship, you'll never hear from me again. But it's not because I'm a bad friend, but it's because, like, I really take that seriously. You know, I really take, you know, dealing with somebody seriously, and I really take it, um, you know, I really consider them my best friend. You know, I really consider, like, this is who I'm finna do life with. You know what I'm saying? Like, not saying, like, I won't hang out, or, you know, I'm always here, I'm that type of person. Right. But I be ready to do a life, you know what I'm saying? So, it's, like, something that I realized, like, okay this is a little toxic. So let me, let me try to heal it because, you know, of course, you know, I really, I really, really genuinely need to get to, you know, continue to get to know me and really, you know, be able to, you know, stand on my own two feet. Not saying that I, I look for somebody to carry my weight because, you know, nobody has ever carried my weight for me, but, um, I don't know. I just like that companionship. I don't know. Or maybe it's cause I've seen it so much. I feel like that's the way it should go. You know, like I should always be dealing with somebody. I don't know what what it is there, but <laughs> I don't. I really don't know because it's like I can really be alone too. But it's like I just gotta be. Like I could stop dealing with somebody. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be alone for you know next two or three months, and then I it, out of nowhere somebody else just come drops in my life, and all of a sudden I'm in another situation. I'm talking, you know, whatever, and I'm like, how? What is going on? Because it's like, do I just need to cut my phone off for three months? Is that how I'm gonna last? Because it's like I don't even be. <laughs> Girl, I don't even be looking for the 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 person. The person they always find me. Man. I be so I be so bent on like, okay, you know, I'm chilling, I'm good, and then out of nowhere, out the blue, it's one right in the box right now. After I just talked to my mentor earlier, 
And she was like, no sex. Fuck yourself. And I was like, okay. And then nigga come texting me talking about getting a room tonight. And I'm like, well, shit, if I ain't got to pay for it. <laughs> and then I'm like, see, there you go. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm sorry. I was looking some water. But no, like, it's really like, it's one of those things that I've been having to really look at. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's parts of us that, like you said, you know, we are part of them. But I think like, you know, really nitpicking, okay, well, this is the part of, of them that I do have, but I just I just need to be the one that that heals it. You know, it stops with me. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, I don't you know I don't want that for my kids. Like I don't like a lot of times when I saw that I felt like you know she didn't care. Like I feel like it was them over us a lot of times. Like it was always somebody, and you know, like you know, and I didn't I don't want that for my kids. Like I don't want to you know have a kid and then just you know so much. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just like. It's just a part of me, like, I know I got to heal. So that's kind of, like, the message I wanted to put out with that. It's just basically, like, you know, like Phoenix just said, you know, the more we focus on not being like them, we're going to be like them. So more so just be able to, you know, be able to be aware of, okay, what parts of me are like them. And just being able to work on it. Um, yeah. Just like with her uh, ex-husband, he could have he came to you and said, you know, I'm feeling this way, you know, I feel like I'm, you know... I feel like I'm going to be just like my dad, so how can I fix this? How can I work through this? You know what I'm saying? And you never know nothing. Like, you could have yeah. just told me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so like it's like, me. You said what? I was like, it's me. Like, I feel like anybody can talk to me about anything. I don't yeah. Know I, I feel the same way. I feel like, you know, I'm very understanding. So I feel like, you know, that's what we, we don't, that's what we need to, you know, have that education and that knowledge on. It's like, if you if you are aware of certain toxic traits, like just be willing to to talk about them and work through them, you know, because it's like it it affects more than just you, you know. So mm-hmm. definitely. Um. So, what other creative outlets do you have? Um. If you have any, and also I wanted to ask, like, what are your children's creative outlets? I know we kind of talked about your daughter a little bit. She likes to draw on the wall. Like that. Dancing for sure. Um, I do sing as well. Uh, recently started rapping, like writing, rapping, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, and like I've been trying to, I'm not very artsy when it comes to like drawing and stuff, but I've been trying to um, do more like hands on things too because I don't want to limit my creativity. Oh, shoot. All right, we back in here. <laughs> You're fine. Um, but yeah, just trying to do more hands-on stuff, learning how to draw. Um, still trying to learn how to do hair. Keep me in prayer. Um, but my children, all of them sing, like even the twins. Um, like they know how to tap on rhythm. I studied music at the School of Music for two years. I just changed my major because I couldn't afford it. So um, teaching music is really one of my passions and like seeing their faces when they get it, like especially the twins, like they can clap on beat, different time signatures. Um, my two-year-old, like she knows how to harmonize. She can come in on harmony. She's getting to the point where she's like freestyling her own songs about going to see her family and stuff. So like, it's just really cool to see them um, loving some of the things that I love, but I'm also like excited 
for them to grow up and to see what other things they're interested in so that I can support them um, in their all of their creative endeavors. I love it. Um, she can rap too, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm a, I'm right there with you. Like one of the things that I'm, I I want to start doing is definitely get outside the box. I really want to start doing some arts and crafts. Um, like I'm so ready. Like I'm ready to go to Walmart. I'm ready to go to anywhere to just start doing some arts and crafts. Like like you said, doing some hands on things. Like really, just you know, um. I'm about to go back into my like hermit mode isolation period. So I'm excited to really just, I feel like I'm at a point in my healing stage where, you know, I've always taken it seriously, but I'm at a point now where I've grown and I've healed so much that now I'm really ready to like full focus, like, okay, day, like really be present and really just do more things that really make me smile, you know, like really just, you know, fall, fall in love with life. I feel like I've been falling back in love with myself. I feel like now it's time for me to fall back in love with life. Like, even if, you know, I'm not able to, like, spend a bunch of money, like, I want to just go into, like, different stores and just look around, bookstores, thrift stores. Like, I'm just ready to do different things. Like, I don't know. I'm just ready. You know, I feel like that's, that's, like, a part. I'm reading this book called um, Simple Abundance, and it's really been, like, helping me really – you know, recognize and see, like, I need to bring, you know, little, I need to start doing, like, little things to really just, you know, bring more abundance into my life, bring more light into my life, and, you know, not take my life so seriously all the time, because, you know, I'm always doing, like, I'm doing the healing work, you know, I'm writing the books, you know, I got the podcast, and it's all so, like, it's that heavy work, so it's like, I'm ready to lighten the load and really just fall back in love with the little things of life, you know, just going out into the world and really, you know, just you know just enjoying it so I, I like that we had this conversation because you know definitely start to step out of your comfort zones and really just do things that you wouldn't normally do like that's a part of healing like you know definitely I cannot do hair to save my life either <laughs> I feel sorry <laughs> for my kids I, I I have a niece and I used to do her hair and I I would just look and I'm like like when I do my hair, y'all, I don't even use a comb. Like I part with my fingers in it, so you know it's Listen, good. okay. <laughs> you know it's looking rough, but um, I really asked about your kids because, of course, I love the kids. But you know, one of the things you know I advocate for is the youth, and I love that you you know nurture you know their artsy side. You nurture you know the things that they love to do. You know your you're paying attention to, you know, who they are at such a young age and what they like and, you know, um, really what they love to do and what things that they, you know, um, cling going to, such as like music and singing and other different things, drawing and writing. I think that's important because, you know, I didn't have that. Um, I don't know if you had that, but I didn't have that. I didn't have somebody see me reading a book or see me writing and say, oh, wow, like, what is it? What are you writing? Or, you know, what are you reading? And, right. You know, you like really show an interest in you know, or even when I, I used to like to dress up, I love clothes. So it's like, you know, even showing the interest in things like that, you know, to really, you know, put in, you know, our minds, put in their minds, like, you know, you can really, you know, tap into anything you want to do. And you can really just, you know, love these things that don't cost a, a thing, you know, you know, you can really just find joy and find love and just, you know, creating, you know, really just doing, really just being, um, you know. You don't have to have this set agenda for your kids. Like, oh, you got to do this. And oh, you like, you don't, you don't have to set their path so strictly for them. You just allow right. them to flow, you know, at such a young age. And I love that. Um, I love that. 
Yes, ma'am. Okay, so to wrap up tonight's episode, my last um point or question, I want you to, you know, share some encouragement or advice for anyone who may be struggling to overcome, you know, trauma or, you know, PTSD. Oh, shoot. Um, the best advice that I can give is to keep struggling. As long <laughs> as you're struggling, that means you're trying. And as okay. long as you're trying, the work will be rewarded. Yeah. Like, some people going to tell you, you know, you, of course, take your rest. Make sure, because rest is an essential part of the grind. I ain't saying, you know, push yourself until you can't. But, you know, using wisdom, if if you're doing the work and you're struggling, it just means that you're doing the work right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you beating resistance, that means you on the right path. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, I'm in one of the, I wouldn't say loneliest seasons of my life, but I've I've been spending a lot of time alone, especially, um, you know, when the kids are away. And I, at first, of course, I was like, man, I wish I had friends. Or I wish yeah. somebody would come see me. But... I started to look at it as like, there's a reason why God keeps giving me this time alone. Like there's something that I need to be doing in this alone time that I can't do when people are here with me. And so I'm just trying to be more intentional about how I spend that alone time and actually like pouring into myself and doing the things that I need to do for my next. Like it ain't here yet, but when it get here, I want to be ready or at least prepared. Like, I don't want my dreams to come true at 8 o'clock in the morning and I'm still at 7.59 like, man, I need to do this, 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 and this. Like, if my dreams show up at my front door, I want to be ready, dressed, like, yes, let's go down here. Uh-huh. We, go, we stop at Starbucks on the way. We got to pick up the kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and that's really how I think about it. Like, the 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 other, the only other thing I would say is to live, like, it's your last day and to grind like your dreams gonna come true tomorrow. Yeah. So yeah. That's it. Keep struggling. Live like it's your last day. Grind like your dreams gonna come true tomorrow. I love it. I love it. You know, um that's one of the things I heard today when I was listening to something like bigger the risk, sacrifice, bigger the bigger the reward, man. Like, you know, sometimes we, we think like, you know, when is it going to happen? It's just like, you can't worry about that. Like, one of my mentors told me, like, if you're experiencing hardships, like you just said, you're on the right path. Because I was, like, dealing with some, I'm, like, I'm telling, like, I'm telling God with tears in my eyes. I'm like, man, I need to tell right. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, okay. I Then I get myself together because it's like, you know, I'm going through this for a reason. Like, I'm experiencing this for a reason. You know, I got to remind myself about patience. I'm, You know, if I'm dealing with all this, that means I'm on the right path. So, I agree, like, like she said, if you um are struggling, you know, you trying to that mean you 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 on the way. It's coming. Um, and I like what you said about, you know, once again that isolation, you know, being by yourself. Sometimes we trick into thinking like, Oh, my life is boring, oh, you know, this and that. But it's like you cannot do what you need to do for you if you surround it by so many people because what we don't recognize is that that's like an escape, you know, like always being around people that's an escape from your own reality because you, you're always hanging out. You're always with other people. You're always partying. Mm-hmm. You're always drinking. I'm not saying that, you know, sometimes you can't do things with other people, but I would say, you know, if you want to, if you got a mission, you know, if you're on a journey, 
a lot of time you're gonna be by yourself because like you said god is god wants you by yourself for a reason because he can't get you to where you need to go if you know you always surrounded by other people that don't want the same thing for 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 themselves or for you even you know what i'm saying so isolation is very important i'm actually about to do a um an episode on that as we're um ending the season so i'm excited to really get into that some more um but, you know, I love the way you ended it. And one thing is, like, during that isolation, like, one thing you talk about pouring into yourself and figuring things out is that you really planting seeds, you know. Um, so continue to plant them seeds um, to you and to everybody else listening. Um, and one of the things that came to mind also was stay ready so you don't got to get ready, okay? Right. <laughs> um, I loved it, though, because it's like I needed to hear that myself, you know. Always stay ready so you don't got to get ready. Always be planting them seeds. Always be putting in that work. Always have that game plan. Always be two steps ahead because you never know when God is ready to call you onto the field. You know, you never know when when it's your time, especially to those who have been putting in that work and working really hard. You never know when that opportunity is going to come. You know, one thing I tell God all the time is like, I just need one opportunity, one chance. Um, and that looks different for me, of course, but um, when I say that. But also, I know, like, you know, if I keep putting in the work, if I keep staying down, you know, it's going to happen when it's supposed to. So right. I enjoyed this conversation. Me too. It's been great. It's been lovely. Um, I would invite you back, but I think this is my last season. Um, uh, because it's time for me to get into the field myself. Um, but this has been great. I enjoyed talking to you. Um, I enjoyed it too. See you guys. Y'all have a great night. Y'all have a blessed night. Um, we love y'all from my heart to yours. Good night. Good night.